The reality is, is that there's really good and often better jobs within the region that that employers that that prospective job seekers aren't even aware of. And they don't know how to go about getting those. So that's part of the system and the foundation that you know I think the SCA and, and the local workforce development providers are really kind of primed to help you know reinforce and, and, and build in some cases. Welcome to Behind the Golden Shovel. I'm Kay Maxwell, Vice President for Southern Carolina Alliance. Today, we're discussing the all-important topic of workforce development. When it comes to attracting new industries, a ready, well-trained workforce is one of the most important assets our region can have. So how does our workforce measure up? We'll find out today as we take a look at a new study that examines the status of workforce training in our region which includes the counties of Allendale, Bamberg, Barnwell, Beaufort, Colleton, Hampton, and Jasper. Our guests today are Ken Mall, Director of Workforce Consulting for Education Data Systems, Inc., or as we call them, EDSI, and they're located in Dearborn, Michigan. Eric Christensen is President and CEO of Swiss Chrono in Barnwell, South Carolina. Welcome, gentlemen. We appreciate your taking the time to be with us today. Ken, I would like to start with you. Your firm, EDSI, recently completed a comprehensive workforce study for the Southern Carolina Alliance region. What were your conclusions about the quality of training? What did you find? Yeah, thank you, Kay. Um, you know, our study didn't necessarily look at the quality of training. Our focus was really on the availability of training in the region. Um, if that training aligned with employers' needs and how that training was being utilized by job seekers. You know, as for the quality of the training, during our study, we did interview a lot of employers in the region that have utilized the training resources in the region. And for the most part, according to the employers, you know, we talked with the training they utilized was, was adequate. You know, so the quality didn't seem to be the issue. It really is, is where the employers expressed their most concern was what training was available to meet their specific needs. Uh, which included the content of the training and, and the length and, and delivery mechanisms of the training. So what training is available in the region seem to be okay. There's just not enough of the right kind of training in the region. Ken, based on your study, do you believe our workforce currently is ready to meet the needs of existing industries and new ones that might want to locate here? So yes and no. Um, you know, what we found was that the skilled workers in the region you know, can meet the needs of existing industries and more than likely new employers that move to the area. The challenging part of it is that really are not enough of those skilled workers to meet all the needs across the region. You know, and that's where the, the training comes in. Let me share some statistics with you. The total population across your region is roughly 313,000 people. With that, the total workforce is about 136,000 people, which means your labor participation rate is about 54%. Compare that to about 60% for all of South Carolina, meaning there's more workers working in other regions as a part of the population than in, in the SCA region. Um, something else to think about, in September of 2019, before the pandemic, the unemployment rate in your region was 2.1%. In September of 2020, the unemployment rate was 4.3% in the midst of the pandemic. At the same time, the national unemployment rate was 7.7%. So again, you know, their training is a concern, 
but also having enough of the workers with the right skills is also a concern. Thank you. And Ken, what kind of training are you finding that employers need most? What are the major areas where we need to improve? Yeah, that's a great question. We, we hear that all the time. Um, so when we talk about training with employers, we talk about what they need to, and what they need the most. It's more appropriate to kind of look at it from the perspective of the skills that employers are looking for. And those generally fall into three categories. And during our interviews with employers across the region, you know, everything was kind of generally the same. You know, and those three categories are soft skills, um, experience and industry awareness. So experience with the industry, skills in the industry, and then those technical skills. So when you think of soft skills, soft skills are generally those skills that you should have acquired by the time you completed high school. Communication, teamwork, problem solving, time management, critical thinking, decision making, leadership, creativity, you know, et cetera. Those are the skills that employers want to make sure that employees have so they can be successful in the job. Um, the second part of that is experience or industry awareness. You know, employers are looking for people that have knowledge and experience about their industry. So if they're applying for a manufacturing job, have you worked in manufacturing before? Do you understand the environment? Do you understand what you're getting to into? Do you, have you worked on a second shift or a third shift? In lieu of that direct experience, they're looking for industry awareness. They want to know that people that are interested in the industry can talk the talk, you know, that they've done their homework and kind of know what they're getting into uh, with the industry. You know, the technical skills, those are generally the skills that are needed to perform a specific job really well. It can be a machine operator, it could be a machine repair person, it could be an electrician, um, it could be, uh, uh, be working in a warehouse, you have to understand computers for logistics, it could be a forklift operator. You know, so those skills generally range from, you know, relatively low on the skills needed scale, meaning that they can be trained quickly, can train a forklift operator in, in a day or two to operate a forklift. And then they range relatively high skill on the high end where it takes, could take several months to train somebody thinking about an electrician or a machine repair person. It's just not something you can learn overnight. So it, across the SDA region, what we've learned is, you know, the employers need all of that. You know, there, there's a range of skills that they need at different skill levels. Another question, Ken, is how would you compare what you found in the Southern Carolina Alliance region to other parts of the country you've evaluated? Unfortunately, we see a similar picture across the country. Um, so we've done similar studies in Pennsylvania, um, in New York, um, in some smaller ones and some in smaller regions of the, of the country. Um, but we're seeing the same thing. And, and what we see is really this misalignment between what employers need from a skill perspective um, and what the publicly funded workforce and education system are offering. Um, so we think we see the expertise exists. Uh, and again, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the direct training results. So in, in most parts of the country, if an employer is looking for, you know, a two or three day training to get somebody skilled up and maybe operating a machine, that's not generally available from the publicly workforce system. Now, there might be a three month course available for a machine repair person. So there's this misalignment between what an employer would like and maybe what the system offers. And we see that nationwide. Well, Ken, now that you brought up that point about training, how important is our technical college system in providing the training that employers need? Yeah, they're, they're a really important part of the entire training system. 
but they're one part of the system. What you really need to look at is that there are also other stakeholders in the system and the roles that all of these stakeholders play. So the real big sweet spot for the technical schools is the ability to provide those you know, degrees and certificates for that longer term training. Um, there's other players in the, in the system that you know, help provide that shorter term training. Uh, for example, SC Works, which is the federally funded workforce development system in, in South Carolina. You know, they have the ability to help kind of fill in some gaps with some shorter term training to help employers with quicker needs. Um, and then really, in, in our thoughts, you also have to go right back to the K through 12 system, especially middle school and high school. You know, what happens is, especially in your region, you know, kids going into high school and coming out of high school don't necessarily understand the opportunities in the region nor are they prepared for those opportunities. So really, you know, the technical schools are important, but they're also part of a, of a larger system. What do you think are the major conclusions and recommendations from your study? What's our takeaway? Yeah, yeah the, I think the big takeaways are, and there, there's a lot, right? But I think to try and sum it up is, you know, one of the more significant conclusions is that the region needs more training resources that are currently available in the region. And they need them abroad, across kind of a broad spectrum. Um, you know, they need to be able to provide some short-term targeted training to meet employers' needs. Um, they need to target courses designed specifically for employers. Um, they need to be able to do soft skills as well as, as hard skill or technical skill training. We heard a lot of need for leadership training and supervisory training. Um, because this is a large geographic and, and largely rural area, um, it would be ideal if the training could go to where the companies and the workers are. And so the workers always traveling to a training facility, um, you know, gas prices spiked recently. So asking an employer to drive, you know, or an employee to drive an hour to a training session is, is probably costly for them. On top of that, employers, you know, are often reluctant because they're already short staffed to give employees the time off to go to that training when they know the commute's long. So, a better way to coordinate where that training is and where it's delivered. Um, and then really the big thing is training should be aligned with the skills that employers really need. Um, it may not be necessary to provide a 15 week training course. If all an employer is looking for are skills that can be taught in a week or two or even less, um, you know, and, and to accomplish that, this, all the employers really need to, all the stakeholders in the region really need to do a better job of coordinating across the region um, we found through our study that some of the resources that are available are somewhat underutilized in the region. Well, other the other resources in the region, you know, are, are kind of at their capacity or maybe being utilized in ways they shouldn't be utilized. So developing this full-scale workforce development strategy for the region with all the stakeholders at the table, you know, making sure that there's a kind of a person that's able to coordinate that is, is really key. Now that you've brought that up, let's talk about our stakeholders. One of our most important stakeholders is Eric Christensen, who's president of Swiss Chrono USA in Barnwell. Swiss Chrono USA is one of our largest investors in the region. They've invested almost half a billion dollars in their facilities at the South Carolina Advanced Technology Park. Um, Eric, as one of our major employers in the region, what kind of workers do you hire at your facility? Good morning, and thanks for uh, asking me to be a part of this. I think the work here is uh, critical to our future, and I really appreciate it. Um, to answer your question, we um, so for example, when we when we expanded our facility here and 
kind of went vertical um, in, in the wood manufacturing, board manufacturing process, we added 100 jobs. And so we hired uh, all kinds of uh, roles from, uh, you know, um, scale house operators to forklift drivers to machine operators to QA people to, um, you know, warehouse and logistics folks, uh, quality people. Um, and so I would say today across the entire footprint of what we are doing, um, those same roles, you know, occasionally become available. Um, and we're looking for those uh, to, to backfill roles where we have promoted someone or they've moved on to a different company. Um, but the vast majority, I would say, of what we are in kind of looking for week to week are really, you know, operator roles, um, uh, man on machine um, in, the, in the manufacturing facility. Do you feel that you have access to an adequate, well-trained workforce to fill those jobs? Um, we find our way, um, but it is, it's a lot of heavy lifting. It goes back to you know, what was being uh, said before. It's trying to assess uh, those candidates for the soft skills and the hard skills and you know, recruit or hire that person who has an appetite for training because what we find is they may have been exposed to a manufacturing environment before. We certainly look for that. So they're not getting into a, an environment that whatever they're not um, you know, familiar with or comfortable with. But then there's a lot of training that goes on. And, and we have on-staff training uh, that we um, employ and uh, we have a very formal program for that. And we also have an apprentice program that we use um, to you know, develop people and kind of create awareness for jobs here. But in, in short, that heavy lifting results in hiring of candidates that uh, we end up having to invest quite a bit in, uh, in training to get them up to speed. What would be your number one um, shortage that, or, or deficiency that you think we need to correct? Yeah, I think when, you know, when we were talking you know, when I, in, in the study, as it says, I mean, there's kind of a, you know, a two-pronged approach where you've got your basic um, entry-level skills uh, as a focus, and then you call them, then we call them, you know, the second kind of development category is the, the middle skills. I would say, you know, I, I, I'd certainly appreciate starting with people who show up with the basic skills to begin with, because we, you know, that gets us a head start. Um, and, and, and it was mentioned before, I mean, you know, it's tough to assess some of those softer skills about, you know, whatever, emotional intelligence, ability to work with other people, showing up on time or showing up. Um, and you kind of have to bet on people in that regard. But if they can show up with those soft skills and then also have some, you know, of the, of the basic skills, that would be a big head start for us. So what kind of assistance do the area's technical colleges um, provide to you in obtaining workers? You know, a lot of really... In terms of, of, of recruiting and, and hiring workers, uh, a lot of what we do is through online platforms like Indeed, um, you know, posting the jobs, developing awareness. Um, we do some outreach with schools and um, career fairs as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, you know, on an ongoing basis, we're working with um, closely with anyone who's providing us with a pool of candidates for sure. So in thinking about our region, what do you think we need to do um, in order to do a better job in worker training? Well, I think, I think the proposals in the study that we're discussing really are on point, really. I mean, I think uh, it's, it's well thought out. Um, I think it addresses a, a number of the issues, um, but it's, you know, really getting people uh, to come into the facility when there's a job opening um, that, can show up with those softer skills, with those basic skills, and an appetite to, 
you know, to learn and to, to also, as the, as the study also says, um, really know that uh, this is a really good, fruitful career path um, and one that can um, be a great career track. Um, so I think all those things, as we improve those, will certainly help. How do we solve the challenges that we have in workforce development in this rural area? I, I mean, I think, um, you know, the approach that we're talking about, that holistic approach, working with the um, school systems that are in place, working with, that be at a high school, be it a technical school, um, uh, to create awareness um, about, you know, the career path, about the jobs that are available, um, I think there's certainly a lot of, um, you know, groundwork that can be done there. Um, uh, you know, in addition to training, I think it's creating awareness. Um, I think, you know, it's not, you know, it's not something that everybody else has to do. Certainly we as employers have our job to do, and that's creating, um, you know, stickiness with employees and ensuring that they're getting the training they need. Once we get them in the door and get them there and they're showing up, you know, um, after three, six months, one year, that we're developing them, um, that we are giving them the skills they need to do their jobs effectively and safely. Um, so, you know, that's when the torch passes, if you will. But um, I think when we marry up these things and, and we, we go to the root source of, you know, where these people are uh, located, uh, where they're being educated, um, to create the awareness get the right people, you know, in the seat, get them on board. And then as employers invest in those people, I think that's where the long-term success comes. Um, and that's, you know, let's say um, not something we're talking about so much in the study, but certainly is, is a responsibility incumbent upon us as employers or, you know, the best people in the world aren't going to stay. So that's, that's our job um, once we get them in. Yeah. Kay, if I could just add something else to what Eric was saying, I think he, he's spot on, right? You know, as an employer, he feels this pain every single day because he's got responsibility to his customers and the rest of his workers. Um, what's important to realize about this region as well is that there has historically been a net export of workers out of the region, right? So, and, and there, and there, some of them are still living in the region and traveling to jobs. I hear, you know, stories of up to a couple of hours for jobs outside the region. The reality is, is that there's really good and often better jobs within the region that that employers that that prospective job seekers aren't even aware of, and they don't know how to go about getting those. So that's part of the system and the foundation that you know I think the SCA and, and the local workforce development providers are really kind of primed to help you know reinforce and and, and build in some cases. Yeah. I mean, our facility is, is, you know, talk about they don't know about it. You know, our facility is um, in a, um, an area that's, let's say, uh, shrouded by um, pine trees. And if, if you don't, if you don't take the right turn and come driving back the lane, you honestly don't even know it's back here. And there are people in our town who I think they know something's back here, but they have no idea what the scope of it is. And, you know, when you turn the corner, the common reaction is, oh my word, I had no idea this was back here. Um, and it's, you know, state-of-the-art, world-class manufacturing facility um, with a variety of opportunities for um, all different types of job interests. And, and that's, again, that's that's our collective job, too, is to make people aware, um, you know, to, to look behind the pines. I mean, there's, there's stuff in your backyard. You don't need to drive two hours to have a great career. That's so true. And so you couple that with, with you know, awareness at the high school level, the local high yeah. school. Do they even know about the facility? 
And then what can the workforce and education system do to prepare those high school students that can just go into Swiss Chronos with, with a high school diploma, yeah. where Eric's team is willing to train them from that point um, and make a career out of it. Yeah, you know, and sometimes I think the challenge is in reaching the educators in our region, as well as the parents. In fact, SCA did this a few years ago. We had a program where we went in and we presented to over 700 teachers um, in the um, seven county region. And we met with all of the superintendents of the region, trying to explain to them about the good jobs that were available in our area, what the salaries were. We did a local wage survey and showed, you know, what these jobs paid right here in our area and um, talked about what kind of training would be needed to fill those jobs. And so maybe that's something that some of our workforce um, agencies need to go back to is really you know, it's, it's changing the mindset about what's available because it's very frustrating for us to hear from residents that there are no good jobs, yet we have, you know, um, good jobs available and we have our industries telling us, hey, we don't have anybody to fill these jobs and we're willing to, you know, to pay well. Yeah, imagine, imagine a process, an education and learning continuum where, you know, high schoolers are know about these jobs, they're preparing in high school for these jobs, they go and they work at Swiss Kronos after a few years working at Swiss Kronos, Eric says, hey, listen, you're a great employee. We need some skilled tradespeople. Would you be willing to learn a trade or maybe go into IT or something else? We'll even sponsor you to do that, right? And then the company sponsors them to go back to the tech school and get that technical degree that they need. And they're still in the region. They never left, right? I mean, that's the continuum you really want to try and create. Absolutely. And we appreciate all that Swiss Chrono has done as well as um, AZR, American Zinc Recycling, and creating apprenticeship programs and internships. Those are so critical, I think, in trying to help solve this problem and bridge the gap. Well, thank you to both of you for joining us today. Again, Ken Mall of EDSI, we appreciate all the hard work you've put into this regional workforce study for us. We're gonna be working with all of our partners in the region to hopefully affect change um, for our industries and for our residents. And again, Eric Christensen, once more, thank you and Swiss Chrono for the investment you've made in our communities. We appreciate the jobs you all create, the tax revenue that several of our counties are sharing from the investment. And um, thanks for being part of our first episode of Behind the Golden Shovel. It's a pleasure. And, and this is a, uh, you know, for Swiss Chrono, this is a top priority for us, um, as you can imagine. and. Uh, Happy to be involved um, and to uh, help help move us along um, and um, really uh, get us to the point that we need to be for our workforce development for the success of our company. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you, Kay. This is this is an effort that I is challenging for you all, but it's certainly well needed. I know you've got a lot of support behind it, especially from your employer community. Um, and it would be great in a future episode to be able to kind of talk about the success of this as you go. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got a long road in front of you, but I think it's achievable and, and certainly doable. Thank you so much. For more information about Southern Carolina Alliance and our podcast series, visit our website at BehindTheGoldenShovel.com.